There's one place on Twitch. Nice. Matt was there for the inside pass and a great demo from Dewey as well. With competition. Gonna follow it up with a little password for pizza and with a redirect he puts it in. What a shot and a play there. Laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> and You gotta stay. All right, this is a new rule. Hi, I'm Woos, and I cannot wait to see you all in the melon patch. to the ASAP Weekly Broccoli Podcast. Uh, that's right. Uh, I have, once again, mutinied against uh, Wabbits, and the the fight for the throne has continued, and I am victorious this week as the host. Only this uh, week. Hashtag blame Nictacular. Uh, that's how <laughs> I like to start every show, actually. Even if there's no reason, honestly, like mm -hmm. that's, that's how I'd like to start every show. Uh, we are joined this week. Not only is there... Uh, the lovely and adorable wabbits, but also, okay, <laughs> uh, but also there is our very special guest. Um, you you may not have heard from him, but you definitely hear his effects. I, I don't know how I'm going to go about and that. Definitely his name. Uh, definitely his name. <laughs> it's your boy Hunty, uh, the the editor of the show. I would say it's me. It's Hunty. It's me. <laughs> it's your boy I, I, I will Hunty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i will say uh it, it's only only when the show sounds good is it hunty editing it that's how i'm gonna <laughs> say it, okay when it's not it's just me and, and like desperately trying to get audio levels uh with no other special effects but but hunty has been very gracious uh a lot of the main shows he is editing and uh we thank you for that and you're our guest today so welcome welcome uh hello i'm glad to be here <laughs> uh I think I think Hunty, uh, you're. Th this might be a good topic to start. You know, this this is how every show goes because Hunty now gets to see the notes, right? Uh, and as you see in the notes, I'm about to bring up a topic that wasn't in the notes. So, uh, welcome to Lazero, uh, <laughs> Lazero hosting. Just winging it. Um, I feel like everyone's hitting GC now, dude. Like Hunty was the first. Mm -hmm. uh, then we got Wabbits, mm -hmm. uh, Relentless as well on his way. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm just, I'm just feeling a little left out. Is all I'm saying. What am I doing wrong? Okay, that's that's what. Any if anything, like this this whole show is a front for me to figure out what am I doing wrong. Like if you aren't to give like you know how like shows have central themes and central things. If there was one, it'd be like, what is Lazero doing wrong that he's not improving at the same pace as everyone else, you know? <laughs> um, You'd say well, you're not improving at the same pace as everyone else. Meanwhile, you're like champ after how long? Less than a year of actually playing? <laughs> or a year and a half? A year, a year and a half. I mean, I've been... We, when did we get serious? I don't know when we got really serious, but like, I, I definitely pick up the game... Uh, no, it's only been two years, dude. <laughs> it has almost been two years, hasn't it? 
It's as soon as our podcast start, like our podcast is is at a year and a half. We oh. started the game in September, so we're almost at two years. Dude. We're almost at two years. Wow. Okay. You know what? I didn't recognize time. Hunty, go do things while I have a mental breakdown. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll give you the typical typical advice that I give most people that uh, ask how to improve at Rocket League, and. All I have to say is just be better. Just just get better. That's, that's all I really you know, have to say. I appreciate that. Because you know what you could do? You could go on for like a 10-minute ramble of like generalities, you know, that like someone might take something from or have heard a million times before. Uh, but I, I really like this approach. Just be better. Uh, that is... Yeah, just, just hit the ball. Hit the ball that's harder. All you, that's all you got to do. Hit the ball harder. Hit the ball better. Don't hit the ball when you're mm-hmm. not supposed to hit the ball. That's all there really is to Rocket League, honestly. Yeah, and and I, that that's all there is to it. Nick is uh, gonna love this episode. I was about to say, <laughs> Hunty has. I don't think Hunty may reciprocate, but Nick definitely does enjoy uh, that kind of formulation of how to get better at this game. I speaking of getting better and improving and trying to be the best, mm-hmm. uh, I got an email. I, this is like two weeks ago now, but I, I thought it was quite funny to bring up. Uh, telling me that on Apple Podcasts we are the 122nd video game podcast in all of Canada. So uh, that's, we're making it. Wow, we we're, we hit the big time, dude. We're almost top hundred in Canada. We're all. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure 125 is to qualify on the being the list. So <laughs> we're on the list. That's all that matters. Um. I, I guess, uh, Hunty, do you have any reactions to this news? This is very, uh, this this kind of news that feels like it's something you would, you just kind of like put on on like a car that you're selling. You know, all these random awards that like don't really they they must mean something, but you're not really quite sure what it means. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to say to that. I mean, hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Come back to me when you're like number five, maybe, and then we can talk. I guess. <laughs> Look at Hunty on his high listen, horse over here. Not pretty hey, good. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. At least it's video game, you know. Because if it was Rocket League, then oh, we're doing yeah, yeah. something terribly <laughs> wrong, dude. No, what I what I will say is that, um, the the people that listen to this podcast are just like a step above the rest. So it's not that the podcast hasn't gotten where it needs to. It's that the the community that listens to podcasts just hasn't learned to appreciate you guys yet. That's what I'll say. We're li- we're like we're the, we're the oh my goodness I can't believe I'm about to make this comparison. We're we're like the Mozart or like the Chopin of of uh, podcasts. You know, it's it, it's an acquired taste that's definitely much more sophisticated than anything else. Is that is that what you're trying to say, Hunty? Definitely, hundred <laughs> percent. Only true intellectuals can enjoy our podcast. <laughs> and exactly. speaking of true into. Uh, speaking of true intellectuals, we actually uh, have been meaning to add more things for all you true intellectuals that are in our Discord. Um, and that is, uh, I am looking at doing some kind of game nights weekly. Um, I think some people, the house part, in-house party, in-house type games, I'd like to organize it a little more, uh, I guess, regularly somewhere on like a Thursday, Friday, uh, depending on availability and stuff. But Essentially, all I want to say so far before it like that, I kind of actually put that into fruition is I'm kind of looking for someone who would be willing to be there every week uh, at a time that works for them. But but once a week kind of host um, 
host. The way I said host was like the most Canadian way I've said any word ever. Uh, oh, <laughs> I know, I know, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but uh, <laughs> the the uh, what I like like to say is that essentially we're looking uh, for someone who regularly every week we kind of host whether it's like chaos games or just split people up have people spectate uh for an hour or two every week uh, that'd be really cool to ha- kind of have within our community so if you're interested uh in organizing and kind of being in charge of that uh please send me a dm that'd, that'd be really cool um yeah that's kind of all i want to say there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. finally um, actual organized nights i love this instead of just like randomly showing up in the just chat and talk uh as, as we usually do there's actual days to play it <laughs> Yeah, and I think for people, like, a lot of people, when they have a date and time regularly, like, it's a lot easier to kind of fit in than, oh, sporadic, oh, it happens mm-hmm. that there's six people here and we can we can start something off. Yeah. Uh, so with, with, you know, continuing on, sorry, this is, this is uh, when I get the power again, long monologues will ensue. So um, <laughs> that's why we're here. <laughs> that's why we're here. Uh, the, the next kind of thing on our agenda uh, within our community is the tournament that is happening this week. It is Food Wars. Um, I named it just for you, Abbots, because I know you are a fan of the uh, the infamous uh, Food Wars anime. It's um, it's pretty know, niche, so I'm not sure if everybody knows about it. But uh... Uh, well, yeah, pretty niche, pretty niche. You know, there's it's like it's like Naruto, and then it's then it's Food Wars. I feel like that's that's the one two in popularity, um, but. What we're going to be doing is we we've kind of split off into four teams. The captains have been chosen, although I would like to say that Flux has um, abdicated his position in favor of uh, Messy Boy. So if you're looking Ooh. to get on the potatoes, message Messy Boy. Uh, I think most of the other teams are being filled up, but still, nevertheless, I will say if you are on on this Saturday at 3 p.m. EST and you want to perhaps participate, definitely be in the Twitch chat. Uh, while the games are going on because i have a feeling there's going to be one or two people who don't show up so you're going to be able to fill those spots right away True. Uh, so <laughs> also i think probably just want to be watching it'll be it'll be good oh 100 you want to be watching but if you also perhaps would want to partake in it mm-hmm. uh, 3 p.m august 1st eastern time uh that's where you can watch slash maybe participate if people don't show up <laughs> uh and it'll be all 1v1 uh, I'm not going to go over the format again, but it's pretty cool. It's like team 1v1 battles, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hunty, you're actually on one of the teams, aren't you? Yes, I am a melon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's some Im- there's some very implicit and explicit bias in this podcast right now. <laughs> oh, 100%. The melons are going to take the whole thing. Clean sweep mm-hmm. all the way through. <laughs> uh, no, potatoes are looking a little, a little spicy. <laughs> Who do the, I who will do the, say who do the, my big. Who do they have? Uh, we can actually run through a couple of the the teams if you want, but I want to to leave that to be a little bit secretive for day of. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Well, I, I think we were going to announce on Friday. I was going to make another graphic to, mm-hmm. to, to reveal the teams, yeah, just so yeah. people could finalize them. Um, Don't want but, that many mind games coming in quite yet. That's too much planning time. <laughs> I will ask you, Hunty, though. Um, I know a lot of your players are great twos and threes players, but do you think everybody is as strong in ones as they are in the other game modes? Um, speaking for myself, uh, I am not, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we have a lot of practice set up for the next uh, few days. So um, 
I have a feeling that we're all going to get a lot better at once. And uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our team definitely has a lot of potential. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely I'm not too worried potential. about it. The, the melons aren't really scared of any other fruit. So, you know. What I'll, what I'll say to all of the other fruits right now, the melons are, like, like uh, Lazaro said, they're very, very good at twos and threes. Which means they're going to be trying to style. Which means there's going to be a lot of open nets. <laughs> just just putting that out there. Everything we shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. There's, there's some very mechanical gods in there, yourself included. But well, <laughs> you've definitely heard it here first that the melons are training in one v one. So if you're on also the other true. teams and you want to compete, you know maybe you got to get ready because this this I didn't even think about this, but our our tournament is ruthless okay you got to win the tournament you have to win two of these crew battles but each of the individuals they're gonna play a max and that's like if you're like the ace of your team you're gonna play max two games mm-hmm. right and like you're you could be on a team and not even play a game if, yep. if someone gets swept 3-0 so it's it'll be uh <laughs> it'll be definitely interesting to see how that works out it's uh it's gonna yeah it's ruthless you're not wrong it's just ruthless <laughs> so it'll be fun it'll be fun to watch definitely i'm I'm ready it will be yeah oh i'm excited all right this is this is where your gc knowledges will will come in handy my knowledge Uh, i was emailed (laughs) i like that i was uh i was emailed a um a topic and by the way if you want to have a topic that's on the show a hundred percent like email me those questions because if i get an email from someone asking for a topic to show like i will take that thing seriously all right and like double points if it's like properly formatted you know dear mr lazero <laughs> it, it can even be dear asap weekly podcast but okay, okay. It, it listen i i will i respect the email okay so if you email us at weekly asap at gmail.com with your uh with your questions, I am more than likely uh, gonna bring them up on the show. So, mm-hmm. beginner's corner. Here's the topic. Uh, essentially, um, this is something that we haven't talked about too much about, but I'm sure when, especially if you're doing a lot of shooting practice, you'll come into this. Um, the difference between shooting and letting go, kind of of your throttle when you're about to hit the ball, or shooting and boosting upon contact. How these things can change how we're shooting. And yet people don't think of it quite often. So maybe you can start with you, Abbots, on, on your thoughts on this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, this is actually something that I've talked about and been asked a couple times on uh, my stream and in coaching sessions, specifically when it comes to dribbling. Um, and a big thing about this is uh, people who are just starting to, fi- or to try and learn how to dribble, uh, what they, they always find the biggest issue is, is getting that initial touch so that they can follow the ball and start a dribble. Um, so this is a very, very important thing where all that you really have to do to fix this is, um, or at least to begin starting how to like understand how to do this is to just stop in front of the ball and then drive into it with a little bit of boost. That'll pop the ball up, make it so that you can catch up to it and then start a dribble. And that's a really good way to just start this and this topic itself of understanding how to, uh, use your actual like movement forward and use your boost and all of that. Um, mm. When you initially hit the ball is so, so important of just figuring out how to get a touch that you can follow a touch you can control and 
also a touch that you can just bang <laughs> because if you're uh, boosting through the ball, then you have more power generally um, and you can keep up to it or just put as much power into it as possible. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but I personally find that uh, the biggest and most obvious thing is starting a dribble with this. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Well, but I think this is interesting, right? Cause you immediately thought about the dribble and that, that makes complete sense that mm -hmm. that's what people would think of. But I think a lot of people underestimate how literally going off the gas right before you hit the ball sometimes is the right choice. If that yes. makes sense. And so I think this is specifically your shooting is at least what this I'm, I'm implying that this is what the listener thought of, mm -hmm. uh, with this particular case. Um, maybe hunting, do you have any, I guess, insight into kind of people thinking about these kind of shots slowing down right before you hit it or speeding up to hit it really hard. Um, yeah, well, I mean, this is something that can be super useful. And this is actually something that I learned um, around like platinum area where I was just starting to learn how to do like power shots and stuff like that. Um, is that like that moment when I realized that I could boost while i flipped into the ball and it would hit the ball harder that like was mind-blowing to me back in platinum because i was like holy cow i can hit this ball so much harder now just by boosting through my uh flip um so that's definitely something that's uh very useful um to like learn um but also like slowing down right before you hit the ball is a very good uh tactic to use um, like even in Grand Champ, um, like if there's a bunch of people like frantically coming back to net um, and you know that you can catch them off guard, a lot of times just slowing down or like slamming on the brakes just before you touch the ball um, to kind of like throw them a curve or not a curve ball, but like throw them a change up and like s just make the ball just roll slowly in the net or not really roll. But you know what I mean? Like where the it backs way off in speed um and a lot of times you can catch even grand champs where they'll just go flying past the ball um because they were expecting a big power shot um so that's something that that can definitely be used even at a high level mm -hmm. that's great to hear because i'm actually thinking about this as well where what you know when there's like two people speeding for 50 on the wall let's just say right and it's right. a race to get there first but if you are winning that race and you're in the, let's just say you're being offensive, right? You're in the offensive zone. Yeah. You don't want to necessarily just bang it as hard as you can across the back wall. And then it goes all the way back to your side. Right. Right. <laughs> so literally just, just taking, taking off boost because you're boosting full speed and maybe slightly off the gas is enough sometimes to, for the ball to pop out in a more dangerous position than you just hitting it as hard as you can in that situation, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's right, actually exactly. something that I do um, a lot on kickoffs, kind of interestingly. Um, like, mm -hmm. remember a while back, I learned how to do a speed kickoff, and I would put a couple weeks into figuring out how to do that, right? Um, and at this point, especially being a grand champ where people know how to counter the, the speed kickoff, now that it's a very well-known thing, um, what I'll do a lot is I'll use a speed kickoff to fake that I'm going for a speed kickoff, stop in front of the ball, and then just 50 it. <laughs> so it, it forces uh, the opponent to do something and uh, it, it essentially just stopping in front of the ball and letting them hit it into you is how you get that 50 um, pretty interestingly there um, but a second thing I wanted to talk about with this specific um, mechanic of 
stopping in front of the ball and then boosting through it. Um, is that Hunty? You said it was very important, uh, like Grand Champ, to essentially get a fake. But what I find is even more useful uh, and a lot more common that you might not think about um, is hitting it slightly or stopping in front of the ball and then boosting through it to stop your momentum and then get a little bit of a quick, uh, I guess that'd be just acceleration through the ball. Um, so that you so can it's get like a, good a catch? No, it's, it's not a catch, it's a pop. And then the pop allows you to start an air dribble or it start, allows you to get a double tap or allows mm, you to do anything else if right, the ball is right. rolling. And that's something that happens. Like it, This is why I started with the, the basic dribble, because if the ball is just kind of sitting there and you stop from the ball and boost through it, then it gets a pop a little bit up and you can catch it. But if you do this while the ball is rolling towards you and you have a bit more power and you can figure out how to do that, you can get it to pop really high in, and over an opponent and then still be able to follow it in the air with this air dribble, with this double touch, with all this other stuff. So such a simple thing of stopping in front of the ball and understanding how to um, control the ball and control your first touch there uh, goes all the way up until the highest, highest levels of Grand Champ, where even pros will do this constantly as in a way to escape um, defense or start an air dribble or do whatever else. And I'll say that's actually a really good point, because even at, at like a at the higher level, you can you can get that catch and then boost right away into an air dribble, which you'll see mm-hmm. from time to time. Um, but even at the lower level, just actually intentionally being like, I have the space. Like, let's just say the the opponents. You'll see you'll see this definitely in lower ranks a lot, where, where just opponents will give you either too much space or too little space. You know what I mean? Like, there's no. <laughs> so so let's just say they're giving you a lot of space, and you realize it soon enough. You might actually just want to. Uh, I don't know if necessarily slam the brakes, but at least let go of the acceleration, right? Mm-hmm. Just so that. Even if when you hit it, you hit it close enough to yourself that you can actually get to a second hit before the opponent uh, comes in and challenges. Like that, that's very useful mm-hmm. uh, if, if you want to just have two touches um, and kind of switch up your play. Right? Uh, we've talked to death about how like we feel like in diamond, people finally learn to hit the ha- ball hard or whatever. <laughs> yep. Um, but if you are always hitting the ball, like the amount of stuff you're actually able to do if you're just hitting the ball hard, you know what I mean? And then you're like rotate back is is you have way less of an effect on the play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even if, this is something you can do, even if you're not even that crazy comfortable with dribbling, is literally just tell yourself, all right, let me stop accelerating before I hit this ball uh, so that hope, as long as obviously you see that there's no one, no one kind of challenging, so that maybe you can then, uh, you know, uh, jump into the air and hit the ball again before mm-hmm. the opponent does. Yeah. Right. And that can be super useful first baiting somebody in, maybe popping it over one person, baiting the other person to go for the ball. Meanwhile, you're actually there first. So just getting that two touches uh, on the ball is really, really good. And all the way up to pro level, um, pretty much from any point where you can mechanically do that. And and I would even say like those those lower ranked players, if, if you can get a good first softer hit, maybe slightly to the side or slightly away from where they are, they will get drawn in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you'll see them double commit or triple commit on that first touch, and then you hit it, and then it's like, oh, it's a two on empty net, <laughs> um, which is still a 50-50 of that rank, but it's a, it's a, it's, it gives you a really big advantage if you can draw them in. Obviously, though, this is, this is where the uh, kind of skill and experience kicks in because it's, um, you know, you, the first time you try this, what's going to happen is you're going to pop it out perfectly for the opponent to, to dunk and score on you, right? Uh, so you're if you're going to do this, make sure you're aware of where your opponents are and try to hit it slightly away from where they are 
uh, to enable you to get that second hit. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Uh, one. That's, some, that's something. Oh, you go ahead. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something that I, I'm definitely noticing a lot. Um, like looking back at like um, lower ranked players, like even up into champ. Sorry, even up into like champ one, champ two, is that a lot of times they'll just go for a fifty and just hit the ball straight to the like straight to the opponent, knowing that they're just going to mm-hmm. get dunked anyways. Um, where you're literally just slowing down for a split second and hitting the ball uh, like with the corner of your car instead of the front of the car to send it off to one of the sides um, around the opponent is a much better option, and it allows you to follow that ball or at least put it closer to you and further away fr- from the opponents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. like That's something I use constantly to try and beat um, somebody that if I know that I'm first to the ball... Um, I'll just put it off to into the, uh, like, let's say we're on the right side and the ball's rolling close to mid boost. Um, and I get like a first touch there and then it's a, a 50 opportunity. I'll just hit it off to the right side, make somebody dive towards it. Um, and then have either a dribble or control up the wall or whatever else it is because they've just completely dove at the ball. And I just got a light touch that I can follow mm-hmm. off to the side. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, and I would even say this is actually a big thing. Um, where I think a lot of players, you know, you know those people who miss empty nets, everybody. Um, but sometimes I feel the like when we when you get so used to using that boost upon uh, um, impact, just like Hunty was saying, right? Where in Platinum he discovered that by hitting boost on impact, he hit it so much harder. Uh, there are definitely times where you have to let go of that boost and just hit a softer touch. Um, and I think one of these times, and and. Correct me here if, if I'm wrong, but I think sometimes you just realize, oh no, I'm about to hit it like directly to them, right? Right. Like whatever the situation is, you're about to give them directly to them. That might be a perfect time where your hit has to be as light as possible, um, because mm-hmm. I mean, and this this is obviously might might be more more geared toward toward those diamond platinum ranks, right? Um, but by by having this like obviously try to hit them away from them as far as possible, but by hitting it softly and not boast boosting into the ball upon impact, you can actually give your team more time to get back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. cause if you, if you bang it as hard as you can into that person standing there, then that's like the ball is going towards your side and it's probably pretty threatening the harder you hit it. So, mm-hmm. and this right here is exactly something I do all the time. Um, or at least I, I try to do, and I'm not sure about it, um, in the air, uh, so this does also work up at the the C3 Grand Champ area, um, where if I know that I'm just going to bang it directly onto the net, if I get a good shot and it's super easy to save because there's two people in that, that just means I'll very, very lightly touch the ball so that it goes down and hopefully my teammates are there ready to, to take a shot or maybe off to the side or wherever else I, I think the rotation is going to be. Um, but that's just something that I try to do a lot because giving up a free ball like why would why would i do that i've already wasted all my boost i'm out of position and i can't rotate back fast enough so i'll hit it lightly off to the side not boost into the ball maybe air roll away from it for that second half of the question um air roll away from it so that it uh it's an even lighter touch um and then just gives a free ball to my teammates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so second half of this question if you guys want to talk about that is uh it sure. was mentioned uh right uh in the in second half like i've said three times now um is that you can air roll into the ball to 
essentially create the exact same um, effect where or as this boost. So even if you don't have any boost, you can still do this, um, where you are air rolling through the ball um, to try and get a little bit of extra power, let's say really high up in the air. And mm, you, as you hit it, you want to, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's say it's like a really high pop and you're like, okay, I need to aerial for this. So you go up, you use all your boost, you use your double jump, you fast aerial so you can't flip anymore. And then at the end, you have two options. You either just continue driving into that into that ball or at least flying into that ball, or you rotate your car in such a way that you can one, aim the ball with uh, correctly, um, ideally at least. Uh, and then two, you're getting more power by hitting it with the corner of your car as it comes or like sweeps across into the ball, um, which is a very, very useful thing at higher level. Uh, and so this is similar to what Hunty was saying earlier with boosting as you're hitting the ball or as boosting through your flip and stuff like that to get extra power. It's the exact same thing where you're uh, using your air roll instead to give a little bit of extra momentum onto the ball. And the difference is here is that if you can time that correctly, it also helps you aim it, uh, aim where you're shooting uh, mm-hmm. a lot better as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do either of you have any more thoughts on this topic? Mm, no, I, have I think I'm good. One more. Perfect. Okay, keep going, Wabs. I'm going to keep on going. I love this topic. <laughs> <laughs> what I'll recommend if anybody wants to to really figure out how to understand this is play some ones, <laughs> which you know, classic. Um, but play some ones especially because this is going to give you everything about how to control the ball um, and make you like force you to learn how to hit the ball just at the right speeds so that it baits out your opponent, but you still have the first touch. Um, and like maybe cutting across the ball so that, or you're, you're doing a rolling dribble, you cut across the ball, pop it up, air roll to the thing. I don't know, stuff like that. Play ones. It's good. <laughs> it's, it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to bring up another topic here uh, while we're still in beginner's corner, actually. Do it. Um, uh, as I do. Um, so recently, Seabell had a video uh, talking about the the drift button. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was explaining how... Essentially, he showed all the graphs and it was literally on the graphs, like, they went up as the ranks went up. And it was like the amount of times you would use... Uh, the uh this the um drift, the drift button right mm-hmm. um would actually go up as your ranks go up uh like per minute how many times are used would go up as your ranks go up mm-hmm. but then also the amount like the amount it was held for would actually go down the lower yes. you were yeah um and that was very interesting and i think this is something that people don't realize is when they learn to drift they'll like hold the button and like do it like crazy um but the truth is the way a lot of the pros are using that drift button is just to re small little readjustments. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've talked a lot about how, you know, the, the, so the, the run up, the, the jump up is, is usually more important than the actual movement when you're already in the air. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and so this, this is a big thing to making sure that you're in the perfect runway per se, right. Mm-hmm. To, to be able to, to, to position is constant little adjustment as opposed to giant drifts. So you're using that drift button to, to just cut your rotation, your turn in half a little bit. Right. And it's always, so you can react to whatever is about to happen. So instead of having wider, big turns at times, you're doing smaller little cuts throughout as you're playing, uh, just so that if you see an opportunity to turn on the ball, right. And to beat the opponents to it, you're already like cut almost, you know what I mean? Like these cuts are definitely helping you out and they can do a really quick cut and, and challenge people. Um, 
And so that was a big thing that I kind of I saw that I'm like, yeah, this makes sense because I feel every time I've I've been doing this, like what they described here, I actually would play better. So, <laughs> yep, for sure. Um, one thing that I'll I'll say about this, like as to the why the uh, speed of pressing that button is so much shorter as it goes higher, um, mm-hmm. is also because of recoveries, where as you get higher up and as you get better uh, at recovering from you know a, a weird aerial or, or whatever it is mm-hmm. you're going to land on the wall with drift on combo has talked about mm-hmm. this a like lot a split right? second. yeah yeah but the thing is at the lower levels you'll land uh with drift on if you remember to do that and you have a good recovery um but you'll hold the drift button and stay on the wall or stay on the ground or whatever it is to try and orient yourself in such a way that you can now boost forward and then let go of the drift button right um but what you do at higher levels is you land you give a slight turn with drift on and then you jump so you hold the button for about half, a, like less than half a second. It's just land with drift on. So you keep your momentum, jump off, reorient yourself, and then wave dash. And that's what you'll generally do as a very, very good uh, um, recovery. Uh, and that ends up being that you're pressing the, the button a lot because you need to be drifting as you're landing, as you're doing this wave dash, as you're doing all of this. But you hold it for half a second because it's only to maintain speed and not actually to um, to turn. To turn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Hunty, do you have any, any kind of, do you notice in your play that you're, you're making these readjustments and you're doing these kind of recoveries? Um, yeah, definitely. That all definitely makes sense to me. Um, that like, I never, I guess I never really thought about it, but that does make sense that like normally when I'm, uh, drifting, I'm just tapping the button whenever I need to, instead of actually like holding it, um, just to get like the angle that I need or like as I'm landing and stuff like that. So I, yeah, I think, uh, Wabbit summed that up pretty good, but yeah, I definitely have to agree with, uh, everything that he said. And another big thing, and I think Wabbit is definitely a proponent of this. Um, but this, this might be why, like, I, I say a lot of times, like, why are you, like, like I'll, I'll be like, these are the reasons you're stuck in diamond. Like this is what you have to do otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, this might be one of the most definitive things. And it's so obvious. And when someone points it out, and I think this was also in the Seabell video. Um, but the, <laughs> the, the idea, um, I think what ends up happening is a lot of diamond players, because they've learned to the aerial, they'll just be in the air, like way too much. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they'll be constantly in the air, jumping and jumping. So the re um, essentially what I'm trying to say is you should stay on the ground until it is your turn to be in the air. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, and that seems very obvious. Uh, but I think a lot of people are just like way too prone to pre jumping and, and trying to, trying to like get that perfect, I don't know, like an aerial, like using all your boosts and like <laughs> swirling around and hoping to get to it. And um, essentially what I'm trying to say is using kind of this, like um, the, the the drift thing we we're just talking about, about readjustments, right? Specifically the way I was using about like readjusting on the field or uh, just kind of driving around is you should be very comfortable driving around on the ground, even if the ball's in the air. And then when you see the opportunity, taking advantage of it, right? <laughs> Um, and to, to add to this, as you go higher up level, what the difference becomes is what happens is players become a lot more comfortable on the wall. So driving on the wall as well. Right. And that's a threat within itself, but they stay 
you know, they won't aerial until they need to aerial so that should something change, you know, then you do a really quick drift the other way, wave dash, and, and you know, you're mm-hmm. on your way, right? Uh, defensively if you have to or offensively if you have to. Um, but as soon as you're in the air and the play changes, right, um, then it's too late, right? If you're in the air uh, and the play completely changes and you completely misread where it's going, well, you're completely behind right now mm-hmm. and you just made a challenge you weren't supposed to make. So uh, I think that's another big thing to keep in mind is like you should be very good at aerials, but you sh- just because you're good at aerials doesn't mean you should be going for challenges that you're definitely the second person too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, this actually reminds me of something that I thought of over the weekend while I was watching the tournament. And I've thought about this a lot, but for some reason, like this one specific uh, time really got, got me. Um, I was watching the, the pros like progress and play and do whatever their, their game was. Um, and one of the biggest thing that I noticed, even though I do this, so I don't know why I noticed it so intentionally, um, was they'll always just go as close to the ball as they can and then pretty much boost up where it's like a, a 45 or higher degree angle um, upwards just to one, conserve their boost two you're faster uh, gaining speed on the ground than you are in the air. And then three um, it's to not commit to the ball. So it's a, the, the figuring out how to jump for the ball as late as you can is something that's super important as you go higher. <laughs> so you're hundred percent right here. Loser. And it's so tough, right? Cause mm-hmm. we're giving this advice and I know there's going to be platinum players that are now going to stay grounded way too long. Yes. Like there's going to be a ball floating in front of their net and they're going to be like, they said, we told me if the possible longest it's like no yeah you should already be in the air if you're the last man back and they're about to shoot an aerial and it's right in front of your net like there's no <laughs> there's no waiting around then you know um mm-hmm, but probably. but that's 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 the trick of 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 i guess getting better at this game right is mm-hmm. recognizing uh risk yeah um which is yeah it's, it's something i don't think i mean i think I think a lot of people know it, but they don't really think about it when they're playing. Like, like I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go back to my memory of when I was in platinum and I was learning like the dribble challenge. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what happens when you learn the dribble challenge? Well, no matter whatever's happening on the field, every chance you get, you're going to, you're going to put on your car, mm-hmm. even in a three V three and you're going to try to dribble. Uh, and so what had happened is I just tee up goals for the other team <laughs> over and over again. Uh, so that's a big thing. It's like, even as you're incorporating all these new mechanics, it's like, you have to assess the level of risk. And, and that's, that's essentially what we're talking about where like the last second to go up, right. Mm-hmm. The challenge is that person has assessed that they have that much time to not be in the air. Yes. Like they can stay on the ground for that long because they know there, there's no risk. There's no one coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is why, and, and maybe Hunty can speak to this a little bit why you feel like when you get to those higher ranks, those standard rotations stop working uh, is because you kind of want to catch people off guard when they feel safe. Right. I mean, I think a lot more of the rotations in grand champ has more to do with just, it becomes much less about the, the standard one, two, three rotation. Mm -hmm. And it becomes more about who's closest to the ball um than it does about throwing off the rotation that's a big you know sorry sorry, i'm just gonna interrupt you a second i just had a revelation dude um i mean i mean i'm gonna point him out just because it's funny uh but i was playing i was playing with jy's and i was playing with another diamond player friend and we're doing pretty well 
but they're like high plat, a uh, low diamond, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and as we were playing, there was times I was thinking, I'm like, oh, you should be going for this ball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, they should be going for this ball, but it's not really a standard rotation. It's just there's a threat on our net and they're the closest to the ball currently. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. And right. so it's crazy that you bring this up because I feel like a lot of people know that naturally, but I don't explain it to people that way. So if you can keep going on how like how how this this ends up happening is like as level goes as the level of play goes up, what ends up happening is whoever's close to the ball should be the one taking it. Right. Yeah. Um and like that does end up throwing off people a lot of times because like especially with my play style, I like to hang around midfield and hang around downfield a lot. Um, which means that you can you can catch people off a lot of times if you're playing with, um, like let's say you have two defenders back and you're hanging around their end or like midfield, and you get a big booming clear. A lot of times, even grand champs won't expecting you, won't expect you to be down there, and you can just get a quick shot on net um, off of their booming mm-hmm. pass, and they'll never see it coming. So, I mean, it definitely does. Um, do well at throwing people off having a different rotation than the standard rotation um but yeah i mean that's all i really have to say (laughs) Mm -hmm. just just definitely be careful if you are cutting like this this is where that risk assessment kind of kicks in again right is that if you are cutting you should have at least a teammate back that should you fail they're there you know Mm -hmm. like you the worst is, I mean, there's obviously sometimes someone's about to shoot. Like, you just kind of have to go for that save. Like, there, there's definitely times like that. Your last man back, you just have to go for a save, whatever it is, right? Um, but if you know there's no one behind you and you do a very aggressive cut, now if you fail, it's going to go in. Like, that is on you, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 definitely knowing when to cut is important. Um, and I suppose also on the higher level is like, even if someone's slightly out of rotation, but they're closer to the ball and then they turn to go to the back post, what ends up happening is that the player that was at the back post now has to essentially sprint towards the ball, right? Yes. Right. And the the player attacking has been giving space that they shouldn't have been given. Exactly. So um, that was a big thing that it's crazy that you mentioned it because I feel like I noticed that a lot when I was playing with the Diamond players. Mm-hmm. And we did very well too, so I'm not even... You know, it just it's just something that I my mind saw, but until like we started talking about it, I didn't really like could verbalize it, you know. Right. And and to, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and, and to your point, um about cutting and stuff like that, that's why at the highest level of Rocket League, it's so crucial to have a team of players that all have certain play styles that mesh well together. Um, like I'll use NRG as an example because they're my favorite team now. Um, but like you have Justin and Squishy who are both aggressive players, but they have Garrett G on their team as a solid third man. Um, mm-hmm. and having set players where you have one guy that's a little bit more defensive and another guy that's more aggressive. That's why those teams mesh well together because, um, let's say there's a situation where, you know, one of them is in the corner. Like, let's say Squishy's in the corner. 
making a challenge and uh, Garrett G is grabbing mid boost and the ball happens to go over to the left corner. Well, now who gets that ball, right? Because they're both in a position Mm -hmm. where they could both go for it. But having that one player that's more defensively minded, he's Garrett G is going to say, okay, I'm going to stay back and let squishy go for this. Because even though we can both get to the ball at about the same point, I know that Squishy is probably going to want that ball. And so then Garrett G mm. can back out and let Squishy go for the ball um, <laughs> since he's slightly more aggressive. That's a really good point. I yep. Yeah. It's it's funny too, right? Because when you play comp, I think, I think a lot of times you don't... It's almost like you're all three of you are random players and you don't know what the other person's style is. So what ends up happening is everybody's trying to adjust to everyone else, right? Right. And this is probably where it most fits in, where you don't know if that's a player who will always go for the ball if you're both kind of there or they're always turn away or they'll do 50-50, right? Yeah. Like half the time they'll be aggressive, half the time they'll be pulling back. And that's where, I mean, I think a lot of players do that because they're trying to adjust to the other players on their team. Um, and so that's where you know, the solo kill becomes really difficult or or having a sense of how the play should flow is very difficult um, because a player might do one thing one time and the next time they do the opposite. But because you both did, you're both trying to adjust for each other, you both end up turning away from a perfectly ball that could be shot. Right. That's um, why I hate solo queuing. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, though, there are times and this you have to you have to really have nerves of steel where like all your players decide not to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's too late to challenge. Like, it is too late. Like, clearly they have all three of their players. It's back in their zone. The ball's rolling to them. There's no reason to challenge. Sometimes, like, I've seen this happen, and I think it's pretty funny, where, like, all of you decide to be defensive on one play, so no one's going for the ball, but you all stay there. And then the the other players freak out because they see three cars and they just pass you the ball anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of funny, actually. I never would have thought about that. But it happens, it, you know. It like happen. it happens enough, t- enough times that I'm almost like, if if it's like there are definitely times where like I need to challenge this ball, right? Mm-hmm. Like even if I'm gonna miss, I need to have something, some object flying towards this person so they don't just have a free shot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other times where it's like I'm so far away from the ball, like there's no point. So what ends up happening is you have like. One person on the near post, one person on the far post, and the third person just hanging around on the wall. And then you're all just like, we're all going to challenge this, but it's going to work out. I don't know. There's fu- some funny situations that come from all this. It's so funny. I love it all. Rocket League's an interesting game. <laughs> Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may be a good time for us to move on. Um, there's one thing. We're going we're gonna to do a quick Our Week in Rocket League, but uh, this week there was one day where I was just streaming, right? And uh, he just said, I am not doing well in comp today and I don't even feel like playing comp. And we just played hoops. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It was it was good. You know, <laughs> it was easily the worst day that I've played in a very, very long time. Probably years. Um, probably since I started, like relative to where I feel like I am compared to mm-hmm. how I feel like I'm playing. Um, so playing absolute trash uh, did not feel like playing the game whatsoever, but I was still streaming. So I was like, you know what? I still want to play Rocket League to get people Rocket League content. So I initially went to, I think it was ones, and then I was still feeling bad. Couldn't actually hit the ball, couldn't hit open nets, couldn't dribble. I was 
real salty the entire time um <laughs> and just couldn't do it so i was like you know what does anybody want to play just i just don't want to just i'll be down for literally anything that's not threes or twos or ones <laughs> and then lazaro was like you know what let's play and then we just got into some hoops played a game of rumble didn't care about it whatsoever then we oh, got the game hoops. of rumble that's my fault <laughs> yeah. but i will say the hoops we destroyed in hoops mm-hmm. like it was i Maybe, maybe, maybe the truth is, is like when when you're not playing uh, soccer very well, maybe you're just like secretly you need to get into hoops because you're both direct. Because I think we went like six and one or something. Like it was. I think it was probably more than that. <laughs> it was like we did very well, mm-hmm. and and like Wabbas was killing it. But I I like I don't know if we were just in the zone or we're just chilling. But it was like. Uh, what, what was the expression the whole time we we're playing i'm like okay i'm trying not to take it seriously you know yes. what i mean <laughs> until until it was like one minute left four four maybe we'll take it a little more seriously mm-hmm. but like we're just trying to chill as much as we could and so um yeah there's definitely a lot of fun with that game mode uh just as like a, a break and i think this is a big thing and, and i i mean like i don't feel like i'm necessarily getting worse if i'm playing more every day but if i play too much comp in a row you know days in a row i feel like it gets to a point where you feel like you're getting worse and you're losing more games mm-hmm. um and i don't think i don't necessarily think it's with you having to be like getting worse necessarily but because of your mood and kind of your your perception of the game i think you just play worse if that makes sense yeah i can see that plus if you're playing more then you're more likely to uh or i guess in terms of time you'll have more days where you just aren't playing well um that's true right and that's just something so usually if i was just you know playing the game before i was streaming um i would just turn off the game after like two or three losses i would be like okay there's no way i'm playing real bad right now um i just don't really want to be playing but i was like you know what streaming let's let's keep it going and then we just got into some some fun things we were just vibing the entire time it was great that was the expression you were looking for by the way um, and yeah we were chilling just, dude yeah we relax we were, we were having a lot of fun noobs it was great popping off a couple it has a couple really nice goals <laughs> Yeah, I I will say like and to this like relaxed feeling, I dude this morning, my best rocket league is definitely after I do like a little bit of exercise, a little bit of movement, get that blood pumping. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I've said it before, but like if you're on a losing streak, definitely before you play, like go run, go for a hike, go something. I went for like an hour twenty hike this morning. Oh, the first couple of games were great. (laughs) Damn. Okay. Uh, there's, there's definitely that like hour after working out period where it's like, this is my brain is definitely the best right now. And then it become foggy again, but I, especially for early in the morning, it's good. Um, so, uh, working out is good for you in general as well. But, but I think there is something to exercising some kind right before you play, especially if you're like about to do a three or four hour, like ladder session, like do an hour workout yeah. beforehand, you know, like that way there, not, not only are you, is your mind going to be pumping, at least you're get, you know, all things, other things considered, at least your body's going to be like, oh, I did a workout today. I feel good. I can, <laughs> I can, I can sit now for a while. Um, what I'll say so, yeah. is this, everybody's different. You can try it, try to see if that helps you might not don't hundred percent do it, but you should definitely try it because being healthy is good. <laughs> So you can try it to improve your rock league, but you should you should do some kind of exercise regardless. Yes, <laughs> but that's yeah. what we're trying to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whether that makes you start or possibly move around your schedule, doesn't matter. Maybe you got to move it around. Yeah, get a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe maybe the secret is like 
get like a punching bag and then right after you're like two hours three hours of losing games you just all the frustration is that punching yeah, bag yeah. and you forget about it maybe that's the way to do it you know uh hunty how was your week in rocket league this week um surprisingly enough i actually uh played a non-standard game mode for the first time in <gasps> forever uh this wow. week as well uh i actually um played a few games of hoops with my brother um oh my gosh <laughs> i've <laughs> been uh <laughs> i've been uh, slumping pretty hard the last couple of weeks and uh ty and i were playing uh on his stream and we just weren't really feeling it, so we decided, hey, uh, let's just go play some hoops. Um, and we did, and it was quite interesting playing uh, Platinum Hoops players <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because I haven't played any hoops yet this season, and uh, I also was not very high-ranked prior um, just because I don't really play non-standard modes at all. Um, so we were playing against like platinums and, uh, it was pretty fun because I could just basically do whatever I wanted on the field. <laughs> just riffing accidentally. <laughs> um, I was but, <laughs> but no, I, uh, yeah, the last like three weeks have been really rough for me in ranked. Uh, I don't think I had a single positive, uh, playing session in the last three weeks. Um, but this week I actually did go positive. I'm I'm back up to like almost fifteen hundred now. So uh that feels good. Yeah, I dropped all the way from over the last three weeks, I dropped all the way from fifteen ninety uh all the way down to thirteen fifty. <laughs> well, I um, hope I don't make that. <laughs> but uh I'm back up now, so I'm definitely feeling a lot better this week. That's my nice. week. I mean I- and it goes to show how, like, I feel the higher rank you get, like, you forget about this, but literally being a slump, the higher rank you are, the more it affects you. Yep. Because if, you, if yeah. you're a slump, if you're slumping when you're, you're like, in the average middle of, of the player base, shall we say, then the variety of people that you're playing against could be all over the place, right? Their, their consistency is is all over the place. So, so it's more random in that way. And I feel like when you're in those higher ranks, it's like, if you're the one that's slumping, there's a chance that every other player is like, you know what I mean? Has literally went into training an hour before and has just started like, that's their first game and they're just firing all cylinders. So you're (laughs) the fact that you're getting into your own head affects you more because everyone else is just like, I need to be in pristine, you know, (laughs) condition just to, just to play these games. And, and, you know, it definitely makes it, I know, it definitely feels like the higher you get, the more the more those slumps really really hit you. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I think that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Hunty was about to say something. Oh so. no no no! I was just agreeing with you. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like when people agree with me. All right. Uh, speaking of people agreeing and perhaps disagreeing, uh, let's head into the comp corner. And Wabbits, would you like to take it away? Perfect. Okay. So we'll get into the disagreements real soon. First, we're going to run down a couple um, important <laughs> roster changes that I just went through real quick. Uh, and I think might have some effect on the possible future scene of the competitive. Sorry. Event. Can I? Can, mm-hmm. I'm just going to call an olive here. This is the esports corner. Let's make it very obvious. Yeah, okay, that's a good idea. <laughs> it's yeah. There's some competitive stuff, but general esports, I like that. 
Um, so to begin with, we have Jesse getting picked up uh, by Dignitas. So as a content creator and sub, so he'll get possibly another um, another one of those World Championship titles. Even though he how much does Jesse have? One or two? I think he has two. Because he was the sub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think both from subs. I'm pretty sure he has two two titles. <laughs> which is really funny <laughs> i mean he's listen okay like say what you want like he's not the worst player oh, like, no, he's, he's not, not but he's a content creator <laughs> yeah 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 um, anyway, keep going. he uh i think he he's he's won as many times as violent panda so take that as you will um verge wasn't happy about that by the way in uh the uh the, the twitter feed verge responded with like oh my god now, now i have to co- coach this man <laughs> it's impossible oh but that that kind of fa- fa- uh sounds it was joking 100 like, like joking okay okay because i i was i was curious right because if you're the coach and while like from a from an org perspective of like generating hype and stuff like it makes sense to have jesse as a sub mm-hmm. but if you're a coach you're like wouldn't you want someone that's like higher tier as a sub player wise probably um like jesse can definitely compete i'll say that he'd probably be like slightly worse than Fireburner, where if he's popping off that day he just like he's at the level um but wouldn't expect it of him and the thing about subs is that people don't use subs in rocket league it's yeah it's, it's a good goal. thing it's a good thing that if you have like nobody gets like people will have like injuries and stuff from like you know like repetitive stress and all that over time and if you're not stretching properly and genetics and all that other stuff right mm-hmm. but it's not like in other sports where like we were in a physical contact sport and now my leg can't work properly for a month and I can't play, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you might hurt your finger with the sprain apart from life changing things, right? Yes. You're probably going to be able to play rock league. And that's, that's probably why the subs aren't used as much. I think the only time that's, it's actually been relevant was that cloud nine Fireburner game because was it gimmick or torment? Um, their internet went out and they had the internet torment yeah. torments always having, uh, internet issues. Mm-hmm. So that was the that's the only time that a sub is actually useful, I think. Yeah. Uh, moving on from there, we have Stromboli being officially uh, picked up by the organization uh, X Set, which is actually a really cool organization. They're um, they have a whole bunch of uh, like community outreach, and they're like pro BLM and a whole bunch of other um, real good things. So if you want to go check out their thing, because their um, I guess their mission statement seems to be quality and a really good org so i'm happy about that that's why i put that on there um wonder is officially to 72 pc so he's off of rogue and into 72 pc which is gonna probably show up and might be um important in is it the field i think the field mm-hmm. um so that is something to look at um a lot magnus and rem well mm-hmm. hold on because remember there's definitely quali- there's qualifiers happening for all rlcs oh true well. true so everybody everybody can so the the uh the pro teams have a buy to the fourth round yes um but i'm pretty sure it's open in general or mm-hmm. i i don't know how open it is but there's definitely qualifiers so a lot of these teams these bubble teams uh will be pushing for those actual there are the rl csx spots mm-hmm. i think some of the higher level um rlrs teams as well get some sort of buy yeah um so that makes sense yeah they'll be there as well uh because i think they're definitely one of the higher level rlrs teams um especially now that they have wonder on it uh moving on you have a lot magnus and remco moving to chalked so they got picked up and are now teaming together so that's pretty good 
I like that. I actually like that theme. Um, <laughs> Scrub went to uh, X Singularity, which is now Guild. Um, so they have a full team. Uh, I think that's owned by a soccer player. Kind of cool. Guild might be cool. Who's what, what's the do? Do you know the other players on the team? Oh, I can't remember them. Um, here, I'll look it up. Keep going. Oh, wait, I have it right here. It is Nolly and Though. Nolly, yes, Nolly, yes, and yes. Okay, I remember those players now. So that could be an interesting one. I'm not quite sure how they're going to end up, but they should be competitive, especially with with uh, Scrub being there. We'll we'll see how they end up. Okay. I I don't want to say it, but I don't know if Scrub is like Scrub on a really good team is really good. Yeah, that's kind of what. But I'm I thinking. don't know about him just hopping from team to team. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't feel like uh, like Turbo, Turbo for yeah. this, right? Turbo fits or just clutches for any team essentially that he gets on, mm-hmm. um, and he can make it objectively better. But Scrub just feels like a very solid player that if he's on a top team, he's going to be competing. But when he's on these like mediocre teams, like I don't know, maybe maybe he just hasn't been on team long enough. But but it doesn't feel like the player that like you can just hop from team to team. Yeah. I um, actually do agree with that. Um, I feel like Scrub is very much looking for a team that he works really well with. Because mm-hmm. if you go back to like RV, that team worked really, really well together as this um, one's breakout heavy defense team. Um, so that that's, could be possible, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll be watching his career as it goes forward. <laughs> Rettles uh, went to SSG. Happy about that move. That's going to be very interesting. Do you, I don't know if he did this on purpose or not, no, but he wrote rentals. Yeah, I noticed that. I think that was an autocorrect. Uh, which is <laughs> hilarious because he's been renting himself out to every team in the past month. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's officially on SSG. Really cool. It's a super aggro team. It's typical Arsenal and rentals. I feel like... I'm, Dude, <sighs> I was watching some of those games. Typical shots are un believable they are like, consistency of power and precision okay just yes anyway they're all amazing but i'm really worried that this is the exact same move that pk made earlier in the year where they uh picked up aj because aj is a really good offensive player and having three offensive players doesn't work exactly for the reason that hunty explained earlier <laughs> like yeah i i honestly i don't think that uh, bringing Rettles onto SSG was a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's going to bring them down more. Even though, you, even though mm-hmm. all three of those players are super strong uh, as like single players, I don't see them doing well um, mm-hmm. as a team. Do you think uh, this possible? Because SSG like has picked up every Rocket League content creator. Um. Which, by what? the way, if you're trying to make yourself like your name for yourself within a specific game, like that is the way to do it. Just pick up all the content creators, like yep. everyone. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, speaking of which, uh, <laughs> if SSG wants to send us an email, um, no. Uh, but but it kind of feels like Reynolds is also a big name, right? Yeah. So is it possible that they're like, we don't know if this is. Like Rettles versus like maybe some up and comer, you might want to be like, well, I'm going to choose Rettles anyway because there's the name and there's the uh, mm-hmm. there's the, the the trash talk that he brings, you know. Maybe I could see that. Also, you you maybe want to to know the number, and I just counted. Uh, SSG has 13 content creators on their on their roster. I'm saying, what's another one? You know, <laughs> uh, Jesse. 
Jesse? Yeah. Oof. Oof. On dig? After <laughs> just being on dig? Well, Jesse has his infamous switch the shirt videos. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> that man probably has a full closet of just different teams. Shirts. True. Um, but yeah, uh, Reddles yeah. to SSG is going to be very worrying. Um, I'm expecting exactly what PK was uh, last season, but I don't know. Maybe they'll figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's about it. Uh, if you want all of the actual roster changes, Lawler has an amazing video uh, where he runs down literally every single current official roster and um, actually permanent official roster for the RL, R, R, RLCSX um, because that is uh, those were locked. The, the rosters were locked. So um, you can go watch that if you want every single team that is going to be relevant in there. Yeah, I'll, I'll add a link to it in, in the show notes for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as for, uh, the other half of esports, <laughs> yeah, the other half of esports, do you want do you want me to get into this or do is it. there anything else? Okay. So, uh, we had the ESPN, uh, Rocket League Invitational, uh, which happened this weekend. And I will say whoever did graphics, I love the graphics. I love that like street ball feel mm. it, it made, it made even like Skype or zoom or whatever type of call they're doing uh video look decent like that that's what i'll say like i like i like the whole motif shall we say uh of the tournament i don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that but big things that came out of this uh one um i'll just say plot twist even though they didn't make it to day two low-key like they could have beaten the two teams that were in the finals yep (laughs) <laughs> and they literally lost them with one goal in both best of fives. Uh, so plot twist, like, like low key did very, very well, even though they didn't show the results, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And another big one was pine did uh, Alpine did quite well um, for, for, I guess, you know, what was expected of them. Um, but going out of this tournament, there's really two things to watch. I feel, uh, you can you can talk about maybe how as the new SSG did, but I, I don't really have anything to say about them quite yet because it just feels like such a new roster. Like it'll take time. Um, but the big thing that I felt from this term is one energy solidifying. They're definitely the best team in, in North America. Like if you were to choose a team for RLCSX in North America to, to like be leading the North American charge, it's NRG. Um, but the second thing is Rogue. Mm-hmm. Like Rogue over the last month, two months, have been a consistent top team in every tournament. Um, and dude, they're just, they're killing it. Like, I <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on Rogue, I guess? You got it. They're killing it. Like they're doing amazing. Um, I think, was it ever since they got rid of Scrub that they've been, uh, or when they picked up first, I think. Uh, and especially since, um, what was that most recent they, tournament? Sorry, they didn't, they, they had AJ. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I made a mistake. It was when they picked up first, mm-hmm. it was the killer names. Uh, <laughs> so when they picked up first, they were very much like kind of iffy, um, took a little bit mm-hmm. to get their standings, but I think especially since the Johnny boy tournament, um, like the, uh, what, what was that? The one where it was the fusion, the fusion tournament, they've been mm-hmm. playing very, very well and really making a name for themselves so um and they have turned tour in the last couple of tournaments as well yes which has definitely worked out super well for them mm-hmm. 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 so yeah I, I maybe 
did uh, hunty were you able to catch any of the tournament this uh this past weekend uh yeah i watched most of the final day um mm-hmm. and yeah all i can really say is that nrg are just killing it right now um <laughs> like <laughs> i i really believe that as of right now they're one of the best teams in the world um they all just have like such good chemistry uh between each other um and their speed is like they're they're a fast team and the thing i love about energy is that they have the ability um to change play styles and you could kind of see that throughout sunday um where they can focus on pass plays um if given the opportunity to pass um like if the opposing team isn't there to cut off um the pass plays then they can just go for passes and slam them in every time um but if they're being but if those aren't working um all three of them has have such good mechanics that they can switch to a more like solo play based uh play style um where they basically just try and pop off as single single players and they can score goals that way they're like really the only way that i see anybody being able to shut down uh energy at this point is uh boost stealing and demoing which i hate to say i hate to say because i i am not a big fan of demos in rocket (laughs) league um but really that's that's the only way you're going to beat energy at this point um but yeah, Rogue also did uh super well and that's like Rogue is one of those teams that like I never really pay much attention to because I never expect them to do well. Yet they always seem to like consistently place pretty well. Um mm-hmm. so like I-, I guess I just got to start paying more attention to them. Um <laughs> <laughs> because I never expect them to do well, but they always do. And especially like in this past period i feel like they've really stepped it up like they're gonna be a team to watch um i'll also say i I don't know if either of you feel this but i i felt like energy ever since um ever since they like turbo like it's kind of felt like they've they've kind of lost i don't know if no i don't think they've lost their identity at all but i don't know about you guys but i feel like squishy almost completes the team from like a all-star perspective oh yeah does that make sense like it it feels like if you were to be like okay let me take the top na talent and make a team like energy is that team right now and it it almost feels natural now that squishy's on energy and it it feels weird for me to say that but there's something about it i don't know (laughs) no yeah that definitely makes sure um i actually wanted to fully agree with you there hunty um going back a little bit on Mm -hmm energy uh possibly being broken down by demos and um demos and boost steals stealing because i was just looking at um some of their most recent stuff uh recent matches and they haven't really had to face any very oppressive teams um and by that obviously i mean demos uh very physical play in your face making sure you can't pass can't do anything really good um they've mainly just been playing like against teams who are just very good at your natural rocket league. And then some ones pop off, um, like an Alpine envy and rogue, which, you know, there's a, there's a test to, to be had, but, um, 
that they still have to go through. And then if they can beat um, some other teams that are good at that, honestly, at this point, I couldn't name any of them. <laughs> like <laughs> looking at this, I don't think I could name a team that would like looking at the teams that are out there. Um, possibly only SSG, but I don't know if that would work at all. Like SSG yeah, has I mean, to go full out. <laughs> yeah, the the only time that I noticed them really getting scored on. Um, over the course of Sunday, the only times that they were getting scored on was when they were getting demoed. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. other than that, their defense was solid. Um, yeah. but like as soon as demos started coming through, they would end up getting scored on. Um, that's what uh, kind of worries me about NRG. Um, is that if they if they're playing a team that likes to demo, like I'm assuming SS. Uh, G is going to become uh, mm-hmm. now that they have uh, Rettles on there. I'm I'm guessing that they're probably just going to start going to a full aggro um, type play style where they just go for demos and like just play super aggressive and just hope they don't get scored on. Um, <laughs> so I feel like that could be an issue for them. Uh, SSG will definitely be a team to watch out for if they can figure that play style out for sure. How how do you guys feel like cuz I I I think I think Lawler saying this on his video that um he was saying like energy is the best team in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know dude like I feel oxygen and RV would be heavy competition. Like I I'm I wouldn't be so prone to saying that like in EU at least Definitely. or in the rest of the world. I'm very worried about EU right now for energy. Um and like them, dude, oxygen and RV, like they're gonna raise each other up, dude. Yeah, and like I don't see a team that's gonna necessarily push NRG right now. Yes, not in uh, not in NA at least. And it kind of feels like EU is gonna get bolstered by like oxygen and RV playing against each other all the time. <laughs> and I think also was it F- FCV was the other uh, big one to look mm, out they're, for. They're on the way up. Yeah, and man, EU just has such a more aggro and in-your-face play style which is so weird to say <laughs> like it's a complete swap of the two where um uh i guess we're back to the big three for na but na is a very like standard rotational i don't play. think there's a big three anymore dude not really it's just kind of the big one but or maybe big two we'll we'll, we'll see how this ends up we could see see some big three coming in we're not sure is like when g2 is not motivated it just kind of feels like it's a write-off yeah. like i feel like they're gonna come back and motivate it again when the season starts like that's that's, that's what always happens so we'll, we'll, we'll always have an eye out for g2 not really expecting too much right now until there's things on the line um but like i was saying like uh, n8 is just basic rocket league it's like okay you're gonna pass you're gonna do your air dribbles you're gonna do your fancy stuff it looks cool but it's not oppressive and that's what eu is right now there's a lot of demo heavy play and boost starving and like being in your face in you. Um, so NRG versus that is going to be very worrying <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think, I think we're, we're probably good. Do you have any, any thoughts on oxygen RV hunty? Um, I'll be honest. I haven't really been watching any of uh, EU. Um, so I can't really speak to that, but, uh, yeah, I'll definitely agree that it's hard to compare, um, the top teams in, um, Europe compared to the top teams in a, in NA, uh, just because we can't 
see them against each other right now. So that's what's so fun because when they finally do, <laughs> yeah, it's going it's it's to be so hype. Spare. Yeah, for sure. And we can see how wrong we really are. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So that, that's true. That's true. It's, it's definitely hard to compare. So we'll, we will see how right or wrong we are mm-hmm. uh, in the future. Okay, I think that's good for this episode. Wait, there's one more uh, thing. Do we want to talk about? The there's drama? one more thing. Oh, yes. You know what? You're right. Yeah. We want to be in a with your Rockley podcast. It wasn't for the drama. You want to take it away, hun- uh, not Hunty, sorry, Wabbits. Time for the drama corner, everybody. Okay, well, this week, we're getting right into it. This week, <laughs> what happened was... Uh, All right, guys, come back. <laughs> come back at you. Uh, so what ended up happening is with this ESPN uh, Rocket League Invitational, uh, it was... Um, the format was weird. Uh, and the problem with the format was the tiebreakers, which people got pretty mad about because it was actually just very bad. Um, the tiebreaker, number one tiebreaker at least, was total number of goals in the entire uh, four games, I think, that they played uh, in the round robin. Or, yes, group stages. Um, three games they played, so or three sets. So that was what ended up happening there as their tiebreaker, which you know reasonably um there's a lot of holes there and there's a there's some big issues uh because it's goals why is it put up to goals as the like number should of be goals? plus minus right yeah that's that's like as a standard in every sport mm-hmm. part of me like that feels like someone going what's gonna make them play more aggressive yes <laughs> like, I, I that, was that. A, that was the only thought but put, put behind that mm-hmm tiebreaker yeah yeah and the the biggest issue with that is that it's number of goals in total not number of goals per game so we have the yeah so if you could mm-hmm. if you if you were like oh i need we need to get more goals you could uh um, throw a game <laughs> we essentially have, yeah we have a little bit of issue with similar to uh what happened a couple months back in the australian uh was that rlcs i think uh qualifiers um there's a possibility of people throwing a game or possibly two games just to get more goals for either your team or the other team so that you can put somebody else out. Um, well, and that one was like specifically a team through so that the, yeah, but remember that? that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Like if let's say um, the same situation can happen that you can throw or yeah, you can, you can throw to get the team that you might think is um, much more of a threat for example, mm, to, that's to get out of the game um, by allowing another team, let's say, I don't know, let's say Alpine right now because that's they're the other team that was in the uh, Group B. Let's say mm. Envy is facing Alpine and it's like, okay, we're up 2-0, we can probably beat them right now, but Alpine doesn't have enough goals uh, to put out G2 because they're going to end up with the same set score. So what do we do? Okay, we throw these next two matches, make sure that Alpine gets some goals, try and force them up, and then we'll win the third one. Um, because we're guaranteed our spot anyway. Um, and if we can get more goals for Alpine, then that means that G2 is out and we don't have to face them. And that's... Dude, any, like, I can't even blame them because like, there shouldn't be a situation where they have the ability to game the system. Exactly. Away. And that's the big issue. And what ended up happening was Gibbs went on Twitter after, and I think during the, no, I think it was after the tournament, and called them out pretty pretty strongly um strongly worded uh twit longer not twit longer but it was like four messages or something um mm-hmm. and just calling out espn being like this is really stupid how did you allow this to happen why do you have the ability to throw um or why would you make it so that throwing games is a perfectly viable strategy because that's not what the game is about um yeah and he had some choice words uh 
And this was a little bit of an issue in our Discord. Does anybody else want to talk about that? <laughs> yeah, some of our people in our Discord were, were, were saying that essentially, like, this is very unprofessional for him to call it out. And there's always two sides of this, right? Because one, because people are saying, like, you can be a lot quieter or you can, you can just, uh, you know, talk behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I think the truth was with, by the time Gibbs had talked about like the tournament already was so well underway like nothing was going to get changed anyway yep, yep um so it was venting frustrations like obviously the idea is like you don't want espn to um think rockley is unprofessional unprofessional so that that would be the biggest problem is like you don't want to like one of your biggest casters is calling out the thing right mm-hmm. um so that's that's always a big question i i think it works both ways like i understand his frustration um, and he, him feeling like this was probably the only way he was going to be able to voice it. Cause even if he went behind the scenes, it's like, well, that tournament's done. So like, it's not going to do anything. <laughs> no change was going to happen regardless of if he said anything or not. But the idea is for future tournaments by saying it publicly, maybe people remember it when they try to do a tournament like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, yeah, there's always, there's always that talk of like, should the casters, how much should they, or shouldn't they say? Um, but that's always another question, right? Is like, you know, are these casters, do they directly represent psionics or are they employees? Are they contractors? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like with all the respect, if they are, uh, contractors, then they don't have really ties to, they really have no ties to the company. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the only thing they're affecting is really themselves. So, and if they choose to do that, they're allowed to do that. This, this is essentially how I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, my own personal thoughts on this is that Gibbs was definitely right to come out and say something about this because like you mm-hmm. said, it, it should be known for the future. Um, but he could have done so and probably should have uh, done it in a much more like acceptable way and being like, okay, this happened. This was a mistake. We shouldn't do this. Like rather than, yeah, don't, this. don't be too, don't be too harsh because especially with Gibbs, like he's one of the more um, professional people on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. like he's generally, at least in my opinion, one of the better ones to, to look to as where we should head uh, with the scene um, towards professionality and being uh, pretty good in general as like a total sport. Um, so him kind of getting emotional and letting his emotions rule a, a little bit too much and then just coming out getting a little bit angry stuff like that um to save what he said which wasn't actually bad it was just you know angry um, um mm-hmm. was was a mistake like he could have made a professional been like this is bad we should have done it like this in the future like what i liked is that he did say um that he liked that people were trying to change things up and experiment with uh with new ways of tiebreakers um so he started this off well. Did work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he could have rephrased is my only critique with this. Pretty much. That's fair. Yeah. Hunt, do you have any thoughts on all this or no? Um, not really. Um, I mean, well, here's the thing. Like, I feel like he should have the ability to, uh, call out, um, ESPN for, mm-hmm. um, doing things in improperly in his opinion. Um, but I feel like that should be more of like a conversation piece and less of a, like I, I didn't personally see the tweet, so I can't like speak a whole lot to what he actually said. Um, but like, I feel like those types of things should be opened up 
more as a conversation and less of a like calling out as like, Hey, you did this wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I stand with it. Um, I feel like he has the right to say something. Um, I just feel like, you know, it should be said with respect. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah, we, we, we shouldn't, like, we shouldn't, it'd be a bad day if every single, like, creator or thing of a game, it's like, don't call bad things about your game because <laughs> you're preventing it from growing by doing that. It's yeah. like, yeah. So, I like, it, yeah, because then it just becomes, there's definitely people that are whiny in this world <laughs> that will just whine no matter what. But this was not a case of someone being whiny. Like this is a case of someone being like, "Okay, I, I see a problem. This I'm going to talk about it." Yeah. And I don't think they should necessarily be silenced for that. No, reason. for sure, definitely not. All right. Yep. Uh, it, it's been a good show. Uh, thank you, Hunty, for being on. Um, big shout out to all our Patreon uh, welcome squad members. There's a new uh, Rob and Kyle show up on the Patreon, so you can go check that out. If you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, otherwise, uh, special shout outs to the roll call patrons in JY's, Mefe, Paint, Tim Chew Barker, Relentless, and Psych Mopko. Thank you very much for all of your support. Um, other things, as always, Wabbits, Lies, Dave, if you if you want them to coach you, uh, just you know go to that asapweekly.com and, and check out that coaching. And the last thing, uh, and there's actually uh, relentless has been working on a video that we're going to, we're going to kind of throw in at the beginning of the tournament. So be sure to tune in. Uh, it's a very, it's, it's a cool video he's been working on uh, with myself, with Wabbits as well. Um, so be sure to tune in uh, August 1st, the Saturday at 3 PM Eastern time for the tournament. Do not miss that. You will love it. <laughs> I guarantee you that. <laughs> uh, so, for myself, from Wabbits, from Hunty, thank you all for listening. I hope all of you have an amazing week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.